Welcome to It's No Secret, a podcast for Kiwis who want their money questions answered. Ready, steady, go. This podcast will answer the money questions you may or may not have on your mind. We'll talk to real Kiwis and share truths about our own financial lives, both the successes and the failures. Because the truth is, there is no secret to achieving financial freedom. Hello and welcome to another bonus episode of It's No Secret. Money Moments is where we chat to real Kiwis about their experiences with money. As you've come to expect from us, we talk through the good and the bad with a fair dose of radical honesty. Today, we are joined by Carla Emery, a financial advisor, mental well-being enthusiast, and all-round great bloke. Carla is also the co-founder of The Money Men, a team of non-traditional financial advisors on a crusade to help Kiwis be better with their money. That's a mission we can really get around. In this episode, he shares how an unexpected money mentor changed the course of his career and financial journey, dealing with property FOMO and taking the leap of faith to start his own business. We hope you enjoy the conversation as much as we did. Now, let's get stuck in. So I am really stoked for this conversation because as lots of our listeners would know on the show, I used to be a financial planner and one of the reasons why I got really passionate into making sure my own finances were in order was because I was sick of telling other people to do things that I wasn't doing myself. So really keen to chat to you today because you are also a financial advisor and I don't want to catch you out on anything (laughs) that you're not doing. It's a safe place in here, yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to yeah the conversation, I guess, both on some of the things that you see in your line of work and then also what you're doing personally. So to kick us off, let's go back to the very beginning. Can you tell us about your relationship with money growing up and if you've got any kind of early memories of what your parents imparted to you about money? Firstly, just your statement there on being a financial advisor and never doing it yourself. Yeah. So typical. It's like, like doctors, 80% right? 80% of the advisors I know, it's like we go out and we talk to people all day long about this is, here's the concept. It's really easy to follow. By the time I'm home at nine o'clock at night after a full day of doing that, the last thing I want to do is look at my own numbers. So true. I always get wound up by Sophie and my partner like every weekend. Oh, well, are you going to do this for me? I'm like, oh, So... My relationship with money growing up was really straightforward and I think it's quite aligned with what most Kiwis, well, what a lot of Kiwis from from my perspective anyway, from what I see, is my parents told me to save and that's where it stopped. It was like, you make money, you save money. Why? Because one day you might need it more than you need it right now, X, Y, Z, and that was the extent of my financial literacy from, from inside my my walls at home yeah um, did you see yeah. them saving money was that kind of apparent to you guys and like your siblings growing up no so dad um specifically was always he's quite traditional he grew up quite traditionally and it was the man makes the money he saves the money he makes all those decisions and he makes sure he makes sure his family are uh, never in a in a tough spot so dad was always quite he was never super transparent i don't think he wanted to put that stress on us or Mm. I don't know. I've actually never spoken to him about it. I'm sure it's a conversation that will happen reasonably soon. Yep. But yeah, so I, I never, as children, we never really saw it happening. I remember seeing, I guess my most vivid memories would be seeing Dad at the dinner table at like 10.30 at night, mm. just with paper everywhere and doing his own accounts, doing our accounts. What that meant to me as a kid, no idea. Yeah. You know, I just saw Dad doing work. Yep. <laughs> he never spoke to me about what that was and why he was doing it or 
Yes. Uh, yeah, and I think that came from a place of just not wanting to put that on us. Yeah, not burden you guys yeah. with that kind of knowledge, I guess, or understanding. Yeah, which is a conversation I have a lot with clients. It's, I guess it's changing now. It's Everyone wants to teach their kids and they want you know to start saving for their kids and have an investment fund for their kids. And as you well know, yep. historically, and there's still a few out there, just don't want to put that on their children. They shouldn't mm. have to learn or care to learn about that before X age, yep. you know, whether it be 10, 12, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting one. It's case by case. Yeah, for sure. How would you say your money, well, your relationship with money is now? Was there a time, say, in your teens or early 20s when you kind of felt like, okay, I need to start being a bit more serious and you can remember making some changes around saving or, you know, whether it's the first time you got your first credit card? Absolutely. So I've never had a credit card. Uh, wow. That is my ambition. <laughs> To keep it that way for a that while. Is, that, you should hang your hat as an advisor on that. I've never had a credit card. Oh, yeah. I think I, I've made stickers. It's on my bumper. Yeah, perfect. Um, to answer your question, where did it all change and what's my relationship like now? So mm. now I'm reasonably strict. I know where, you know, every dollar is to an extent. I guess the uh, point of change for me or the sort of age was definitely early 20s. I was earning good money doing something else and I would spend it all and I'd always wonder wonder how, where all my money went because I'm making good money. I've got nothing. I'm spending it on like, you know, as early 20-year-olds do. Yep. Um, or going out, food, 20s. all Absolutely. the stuff. Literally just takeaways and, and going out drinking with my friends. Yep. Yeah, and it got to a point where uh, I had a conversation with, at the time, my advisor which I was introduced through a friend and it was, I'm really lucky, really, really glad that happened, mm. but just needed to figure out what I wanted to get out of my money. And that I remember him telling me to create a purpose for my money that really stuck with me. So, and because of that, and this, this is some information we share with all our clients now, it's you have to have a greater purpose. Otherwise that instant gratification will always win, you for know, sure. buying the next beer or buying that pair of shoes or whatever. That's money coming out of X fund going towards property, I guess, quite relevant now or Mm -hmm. um, whatever it might be, that holiday, that car. I took that advice and I had to start applying applying it yeah so that's pretty young to, to start spend less was talking. actually the big the big goal <laughs> yes, yes sometimes it happens sometimes it does <laughs> for sure i was gonna say that's pretty young to start working with an advisor so how did that kind of come about i was really lucky when i was in a corporate role uh in the automotive industry in, yep. my, in my early 20s i met a what do you call it he was experienced mm-hmm. very successful in his own endeavors and in the same company that you yeah, worked at? Yeah. yeah, so he so I was at Ford yep. at the time in the corporate sales environment, commercial sales, like sure. managing fleets for mm-hmm. for um, large companies and he ended up he moved home from Singapore, originally a Kiwi, spent 20 years in Singapore as a you know, a vice president and a CEO of a of a global data communications company, mm-hmm. earning millions a year. Uh, turned 50 and decided to move home. Yep. And retired, was bored after two weeks, collected Mustangs. So we were hiring at the time. He was like, oh, I'll go see what it's like on the other side of the desk. Yeah, We hired him. He immediately started managing us. I learned a lot from him. That's awesome. But I used to have, I, I just saw him as a mentor and I was, yeah. You know, when he first came on board, I was young, ambitious, wanted to make all the money in the world. Yep. He had just done that. Yeah. Um, so, Great mentor to have though, or person around you, particularly, yeah. so I guess, I really in your first job or first kind of professional job. Yeah. And I'd always, I'd use him as my soundboard and we ended up getting into business together and he he introduced me to his advisor. So that's where, it, that's where it all came from. And then from there, it's just snowballed. 
Awesome. Mm. And cool. now I'm in the industry. Yeah. So is that what inspired you to eventually become an advisor? Was it from working with that person or just, I guess, a greater understanding of your own finances and then leading you down that path? Yeah. So another great story. So he wasn't what inspired me to get into the sector, but that was definitely the initiation. And yep. then the business, um, this guy I was just talking about, we, we built and we sold uh, and then I had nothing to do. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we made this money doing this. Mm-hmm. Now what? And I spoke to a different advisor mm-hmm. who asked, oh, what are you going to do now? What's going on? Uh, come work for me. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I do like what you guys do. I need to learn more about it. Always always open to learning more about it, especially what well, money everyone should be. So I'll go to that. Cool. And that's where I cut my teeth in the industry. Worked there for multiple years. And then, yeah, left there with another buddy and we started our own thing. So... You sold a business, which I didn't know. I obviously knew that you'd started a business, um, but you sold business. Then what happened? Did you have money at that point to invest? I took a few months off. With a, I like to tell myself it was electively, but I just didn't have anything lined up. So sure. luckily I had a little bit of money. I didn't yeah. go live too exciting. I, I was sitting at home most days reading a book, trying to figure out how I can... What to do next. What to do next. Yeah. Like reading up on e-commerce and on all the rest of it, as, as yep. I'm sure a lot of us have at some stage. Yeah, I did invest a little bit, again, with some advice. Mm. Uh, I put... Some of it stayed in savings. Some of it went into investing. I wish I invested it all now, looking mm. back in hindsight, because mm. I didn't need it for anything. For sure. Were you tempted to buy a property at that point? Because I Big guess, time. yeah, one thing that, as you would well know, doing you know mortgages for many different young Kiwis, but also something that we get a lot just is the whole like property FOMO thing, the pressure of needing to buy a house before you turn thirty. I guess interested to hear your thoughts on at that point. Did you have that pressure? Yeah. So I I don't think I got that pressure at that stage. I was still quite young I mean my family weren't pressuring me I didn't have any pressure from my friends I wasn't yeah I wasn't putting myself into that corner I don't think um a lot of my circles were were quite there yet sure uh or we weren't talking about it anyway so I didn't feel the pressure I definitely I mean a lot of people's dream mm-hmm. a lot of Kiwis dreams uh to buy their property right to have yep. their first home so that was always in the corner of my mind but uh, I didn't go down that path it wasn't long after that until I ended up buying property. Yeah. Once I did have an income, once yeah. I started as an advisor, funnily enough. Yeah. yeah. So talk me through that. Like, because I guess, as you said just before, lots of Kiwis, their dream is that they want to buy their home. There's a lot of, I guess, fascination around the fact that you need to own a home, which for a lot of people is a great goal, but not everyone fits into that bucket. How did you make that choice? And do you own your own home now? How did I make that choice? I'll start at the start. Yeah. I didn't actually get any advice. Okay. Which was a big regret for me, considering I was an advisor surrounded by experienced advisors yep. and had found um, found great value in advisors historically. But an opportunity came across my desk, I guess. Uh, I had the money sitting there and it, it excited me. So it was a, an opportunity to buy a piece of land to be the, the big batch, you know, right. um, down, down the line. So something you wanted to keep for like... T- 20, 30 years. Yeah, when I thought yeah. buying batches were, was the best thing to do, you could. That yeah. meant success. Yes. Uh, in my mind at that time, uh, now that I know a lot more, <laughs> it's it's a bit of a different perspective. But yeah, so it, it just, it all happened pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I had the income to support what I needed to do. I had the capital to support what I needed to do. So I did it. Yep. Um, yeah. And <laughs> that's where that got to. Yeah. I don't have that property anymore. Okay. And I don't have my own home. 
Okay. I don't own uh, yeah. a home just yet. But, it, I mean, now going back to that question of feeling the pressure, mm. it, it's definitely there now. Mm. Uh, and it's not from... It's not forced, you know. It's not mum and dad saying, why don't you... Why the bloody hell don't you own a home yet? Yep. It's not my mate saying, you should be buying property. Uh, both Soph and I definitely want to own our first home. Yeah. And do something with it, you know, sure. a space to have. Yeah. Uh, but that's really it. Yeah. Mm. Do you guys have an ideal time frame on that? Or is it something that... Because I know you've obviously recently started a business, which we'll get into later, but... Um, <laughs> Is that something that kind of, I guess, maybe it's been trumped by other higher priority goals for you guys? Yeah, big time, actually. That's mm. a good way to put it. So, yeah, I guess we've both been f- trying to figure out what it is we want to do long term and what our, yep. what our purpose is and our why and, mm. and all the rest of it. Like, say, it took me a while to figure out, okay, I need to do this on my own or with someone I really respect and, yep. and um, value. Mm. Uh, and that's where the business came from. And then for my partner, she... Never really understood what she wanted to do professionally. Right? She'd gone mm. through some admin roles, made some good money, done some other things. Got to a point where she just said, I'm never happy. You know, it's always short-term gratification. And I, I like my new job. There's a new challenge. And then after 12 months, whether it's the workplace or her new ambition, it all changes. So yep. she sat down. She figured out what was going to make her happy long-term. Mm-hmm. And that's required going to uni yep. for the first time. Being at uni, most of the time, means not earning a lot of money. So when it comes to buying your first home, you want to be able to buy, well, this is the way we see it, you want to buy something that's going to make you happy. Yes. Uh, and a lot of the time, the more income you have, the more achievable that is. The more achievable that might be. Yeah. yeah. Well, it just opens opportunities, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, she's cool. in, it's her last year this year. So oh, awesome. next year might be the year. Yep. Uh, depending on how the new business goes. <laughs> um, so now all the pressure's back on me. Well, interestingly enough, one of the conversations we've been having recently is this whole trade off of people feel the pressure to buy a house and then might buy something that they can kind of afford right now mm. and just to get into the market and then realize pretty quickly after that that it actually doesn't suit where they want their lifestyle to go or their career goals or whatever it is. Mm. And so it sounds like you guys have almost done the opposite whereby you've taken the time to figure out what it is you want your next 10 years to look like so that then when you actually are in a position to buy a house you can get the right kind of property to support that absolutely and i guess that was a blessing in disguise right because i mean two years ago it's probably probably uh, it's a rough timeline and when that some of that pressure started and like i really want to be buying a house i want to be doing this because that's what i should be doing and it's a blessing in disguise that it's taken so long mm. and we've had we've, we've achieved a lot that we, yeah. we didn't even think about it, trying to achieve uh, in that time span. So, yeah, it's good. We're, we're happy where we are. And um, like you say, I think a lot of people just are getting this pressure and mm. my clients included or prospects, you know, people who come to us for advice and everyone's in a different stage of life and, um, well, we need to be buying a house because our friends just did and mum and dad asked the other day and yep. our other friends are planning to. And it's like we don't want to fall behind. Keep up with the Joneses. Yes. That. Everyone's on their timeline, I guess my advice would be on this. Yeah. It's just just fo- follow your feet. Get some advice for sure. Absolutely. Um, but don't stress out. Yeah. Like, Do you see that a lot on the keeping up with the Joneses? Because we have done an app so far on financial comparison, which – unsurprisingly now that I look back on it has been one of the most popular because I guess everyone can resonate with the fact that there's some element of keeping up with the Joneses in everyone's life do you see that come across your desk a lot and do you guys feel that as well absolutely like Mm. everybody I mean whether you say you do or don't there's there's always a portion that does and I try and like I, I actively 
uh, remind myself of my goals. That, that, that takes me away from com- comparisons. Right. Um, so I have my task list. I have my step-by-step. And as long as I'm achieving that, I know I'll get to where I need to be. But yeah. even, even so, and that's what I do professionally, I've mm. got a friend who's making heaps of money at the moment, looking to buy a house, and it's like, oh, you, you still get that, like, well, I should be or yes. should I be anyway? Yep. So, uh, and then for clients, it's like nine out of ten times. Yeah. Oh, we, we just think we're at that stage where we should be. Should, like, yep. That's such a common opening line. So, okay, well, what else do you want to do? Yeah. You know, what are you doing for work? Are you happy there? And yes. where do we start yep. that conversation? A lot of people are motivated by where their circle's at, yep. you know? Yeah. Mm. 100%. Um, I guess that's a really good plus for the value of advice, right, as well, because if you don't have some kind of plan and you're the type of person that struggles to maybe set some goals and know where you're headed, it's super easy to fall into the vortex of like comparing yourself to everyone else because you don't know what your future looks like. Whereas mm. if you're working with an advisor and they've helped map that out for you, as you say, you can always come back to know, okay, what are my goals? Reminding myself of what that looks like. And yes, I'm on this like journey or track to get something rather than just thinking like, I'm so far behind, like stress, stress, stress. Absolutely. So much value comes from advisors when they can just put some of your ambition on paper. When you're figure, trying to figure out what you should be doing, yep. get it out of your head, put it on paper and give you some direction. And mm. then the annotation Josh and I use is people get so caught up in not figuring out where they're actually going. They're always looking at the top of Mount Everest instead of the step in front of them. Yes. So what they end up doing is just running around the base just like in circles and they're always looking at the top whereas if you build your direction and you build your plan every step you take you're looking at the next step you take and then every step you take is going to be valuable yeah rather than just full steam ahead no idea where you're going yeah yeah i love that well i'm really interested to talk to you about starting a business do you think from your experience it is really worth it in terms of the time cost effort trade-off and how have you weighed that up previously when making a decision to do this oh that's a hard question Mm. and i think again going back to having that purpose where we started we were making good money we knew what we were doing we were super ambitious on making money which i think a lot of people are and that's where that whole side hustle thing comes from we'll start a business for the purpose of making money Mm -hmm. which is fine you don't want to run a business and and not make money yeah right because that's a bad business (laughs) but we decided We'd, we'd shift our focus from that and, okay. and our core purpose of trying to make revenue. And we wanted to be significant. And we, we really believed in what we did. We knew, we, we know Kiwis have needed it, still need it. Um, and we focus on being significant and making sure our business is all about delivering the purpose that the business was created for. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, money should be a byproduct. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a result of the why we're doing it. Yep. Um, and I guess for, I mean, like you say, millennials want to do the side hustle, which is fine. If you have the time to do it, go and do it, make some money. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But I would never go back to what well, I feel right now that I'd never go back to that nine to five because I have my time. What I do with my time is what results from my time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm only ever going to get out what I put in. Yep. And I love that. You know, some days mm. I will work from 6 a.m. till 10 p.m. Yeah. Some days I'll get to the office at 9 a.m. and leave it too and go and do whatever I want because that's my time. Yeah. And you need a bit of a greater purpose than just the money side of it. Yeah, that's how, that's what keeps me motivated anyway. It's what inspires mm. my partner and I and, and, and extension, our staff. 
Yes. Uh, we make sure our staff, when onboarding new staff, are just all all aligned in, in our personal values mm-hmm. and therefore our business values. So we wake up and we come to work with the purpose rather than focusing on a result. Yeah. You know? Yep. So, I mean, and if we are doing a good job, we... Yeah will be remunerated and I hope it gets to that stage. Yes. Yeah, cool. So, I mean, one question I have because I wouldn't even know is there's obviously a little bit of a monetary difference between starting a side hustle and starting a full-blown business. How did you guys find tackling that? Did you have conversations with Josh around what was kind of your comfort levels around like how much personal money you guys were both putting into the business? Yeah, so we had a lot of those conversations Um, and it was quite difficult because we, we, we had, we really had no idea of what had to be done. So Mm -hmm. we found these conversations were just going in circles. Um, we spent a lot of time and no real progress. And then we thought, well, we're like, what are the very, the bare minimum of getting a business started? We'll start there and then we just need to do it. And then we'll follow our feet and as problems arise, we'll tackle it then. So mm-hmm. my advice for um, people wanting to start a business or think about it is just you just need to start. Yep. Everything will flow from there. It won't be stress-free. A lot of it, you'll have great days. You'll have real stressful days, but you'll get to a point where you will just not regret anything. Yep. That's where that's how I feel. That's where we came from because it was yeah. like, oh, everything has to be perfect. You know, we need this here. What does that mean? How much will that cost? Do we need that? Who who knows? And it's like, well, the only way we're actually going to get this done is if we just start mm-hmm. and hope. Yep. And then as things came up, we thought about it differently. And, you know, you just start ticking boxes. Yep. As soon as, if you have a task list of 10 things a day and you do eight of them, you're making great progress. If you do one of them, you're making progress. Yes. You know, so yeah, that's, sure. what, that's still what we're doing every single day. And I guess then the other side of often starting a business for people is um, how does that translate into like their personal finances? Mm. So for say like conversations or considerations that you had and then conversations that you had with Soph, how did you guys tackle that? And were there things that you were particularly worried about, I guess, from making sure that your own financial position was like secure enough before taking that leap? Yeah, so I mean, we we were at a, a stage where I was comfortable to do it. Yeah. Um, Had you been planning it for a while? Is that why? Like, maybe in the back of your mind, you kind of thought this is something that I might get to. So, you had been saving money, or was it more just you were good at saving money anyway? And then you're like, oh, I've got this money. We could do that. Yeah. So probably the latter. I mean, well, maybe a mixture of both. So knew it was coming. Yeah. Um, wasn't happy where I was. So had that in the back of my mind that some things needed to change, but historically have been, you know, decent enough with money to, to allow myself to do that on a, not on a whim, but reasonably immediately. Yep. Um, and then when it all kicked off, I mean, Soph was stoked. She wanted that to happen. Um, Josh's partner was stoked. She wanted that to happen. Mm-hmm. I think the conversation I had with Soph was, um, babe, I'm going to be broke for a while. <laughs> Great starting point. So the bar low. Yeah. <laughs> Expectations Just right so down. You know, we're yep. not doing anything exciting for the next six months. Yeah. Um, but like anything, I think it's one of those things. If if I set my I set my own expectations to have high overheads mm-hmm. and the income would pay for those overheads and what was ever what was left over, then I could figure out whether it would be worth spending personally or not. Yeah. As long as all our bills were paid, then then we're doing well for now while we yeah. kick off. Um and with that, with having low expectations, anything extra, 
is fantastic. It's yeah. the best, like, you know, you, you leave the office and go home with a huge smile on your face. If mm. you set, set expectations, like you go out, you're going to go out and make shit loads of money. Yep. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't happen, then you go home in tears, you know, with your, mm. with your head in your hands. So there was a, it was a bit of a mix for me. Yeah. But Sophie was fine. She was supportive. She's like, that's fine. I'll do what I can to help. I'll do this. I'll do that. She, she always had my back. So. Yeah. Awesome. To wrap up. Do you have in three words or a couple of words that come to mind when you think about your relationship with money and how you guys are going with money? Three words, Kat. I know. <laughs> yeah, always need more, probably. <laughs> um, no, I think I guess three words for my relationship with money and how I look at it would be always learn more, mm-hmm. I think. Yep. It's like it's one of those things every day I wake up and I learn a new piece of jargon. And it's like how that relates directly to me is actually incredible. Yes. Um, and then you, you just tweak your perspective and the way you apply that, mm-hmm. you know. And there's been there's been little pieces of advice I get uh, that I would never have thought of or I might have even been shut off to mm. historically that have made, made me, you know, potentially thousands of dollars better off yep. just because of a small little way of thinking. So. I guess for me, I need to. I always need to remind myself just to be willing to learn yeah. about money because yeah, there's cool. just so many variables. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed this pleasure. conversation. If you'd like to get in touch with Kale from The Money Men, you can reach out to them on Instagram, moneymenNZ. You can also hear more from him every Wednesday on The Rock FM. Hope you enjoyed this episode. See you next Tuesday.